0: And as you'll see today, it's so important for us to just embrace the power of the Word of God in our heart, especially so with teenagers. Did you know, got this, I've heard it before, I got it from the book, God's Not Dead. My new friend, Rice Brooks, who wrote the book from which the movie was made, uh, uh, he, he gave statistics of, about uh, the, the tragic uh, fall away rate of teenagers when they leave home to go to college. Uh, there's, the statistics are just not good And so the devil is at college Waiting on our teenagers To get out from under the governance of mom and dad To undermine their faith And to cause them to doubt the word of God And to doubt the power of God's word And I want to encourage everybody Though I don't have uh, I'm, We may get a, a, a shipment of these in I want to encourage every parent To get a book of uh, Rice's book, God's Not Dead I don't know if it's in the bookstore here or not but just a great depth of study about the reality of God. Look at your neighbor and say, "God's not dead." And then somebody else say, "He's surely alive." What's the what's living on the inside, roaring like a lion? There you go. Amen. Go see the movie; it's awesome. Uh, and then I, Beverly and I are going to go see Heaven Is for Real. Tell your neighbor, Heaven is for real. It really is. Amen. Well, this morning on post-resurrection Sunday, I want to talk to you about some post-resurrection responsibilities. The resurrection responsibilities that you and I carry because of the Word of God in our heart. I want you to turn to two passages. Luke chapter 24 and hold your place there. My four primary thoughts are going to come from there and then we'll spark off into different directions. And then Acts chapter one, that's where we're going to begin today. But let me just kind of share some things with you. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. How many of you know you need to bring your Bible? Amen. Everybody say, this is my Bible. Every word is true. It is inspired by God. I'm going to believe the word. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to apply the Word. And I'm going to share the Word. This is my Bible. I love the Word of God. And everybody said, Amen. We've got to embrace the Word of God in our heart in a new way. Because I think today, and I know today, as I shared with you in our culture, there is an attack on the truth. I said there's an attack on the truth. And when it comes to the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, there's an attack on the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This book is not just a history book. It's his story. It's the story of Jesus from the beginning to the end. And we'll see that. And it is the Word of God. And so uh, Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1, verse 3, post-resurrection responsibility. Acts chapter 1, the first three verses. The former account I made, O Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Everyone say infallible proofs. And being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You see Jesus, the resurrected Christ, once he died on the cross and was buried in the barred tomb... And let me just say, by the way, a lot of people say, well, he died and rose again. And that's true. But you can't miss the burial part. Because how many of you know we all have to die to ourselves? In fact, what does Romans say? We were buried with him through baptism unto death and raised to walk in newness of life. And so we buried the old man and we are raised to walk in newness of life with him. The old hymn says, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were, were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were, were you there when he rose from the dead? Well, yes, we were. He did that for all of us. Amen. He was thinking about us. And so he was buried and he, and, and he rose again the third day. But when he rose again, he spent some high quality time as the resurrected Lord with the apostles. And, and I perceive that his time with them is so it was so important in order for the church and God's purpose and plan to be fully realized in the earth. And so he was imparting to them, as we read here, uh, things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Uh, and here's the reality. The reality is this. Uh, when, when you've had a bona fide experience with a resurrected Lord, it should totally transform your life and change your life and rearrange the priorities of your life. He spent 40 days with the apostles and he began to impart to them the, as the resurrected Christ the, the training of God and the ministry of God and, and then, hey, here's what happens when you experience the resurrected Christ. It ought to re- totally rearrange and transform the priorities of your life. Think of, the, think of James. We're, we're studying James now. There's a lot of Jameses, if that's how you would say it, in the New Testament. It was a very common name. But the book we're studying, the book of James, uh, was written by Jesus' little brother. And and Jesus' little brother, as we looked in James and may have mentioned, did you know they did not believe Jesus was God? In fact, James shows up nowhere in the New Testament. i uh, pardon me in the Gospels. He's not following. In fact, he kind of does, but here it is. He had gotten, his family had gotten so concerned, I can't remember what gospel it is, but they thought he had gone mad and the family went to have an intervention. That's how Brother James looked at his brother. But after the resurrection, everything began to change. Let me say this. Uh, Kobe, turn off that AC right there. There's something rattling up there. You'll have to figure out which one it is. It's the South, what direction is that? South. South, southeast, there you go. All right, thank you. You can find that on the bottom of them. I just thought I'd do that so y'all won't be bothered by that. I brought attention to it so it won't bug you. It's, I, think it's the, yeah, I think that's it right there. Look underneath it, you'll find it. Amen. See, south, yeah, it's down there. There you go, thank you. Anyway, so James, the brother of Jesus, after the resurrection... Things were transformed in his life. He had a whole new understanding of the priority of God in his life. Now, it didn't mean James was not religious. It just means he didn't embrace Jesus as, as God and he thought his brother was a little off his rocker, even though the whole family were religious. Hey, they had a good mama, a good daddy, but hey, they just couldn't embrace Jesus. But after the resurrection, Things began to change. Here's another statement I want to make for you as we jump into this. Resurrection revelation should always lead to resurrection responsibility. And James encountered a whole new responsibility in his life. And you know what? Everybody say, you know what he did? He was transformed in his life. And as you look on into the book of Acts, he became the senior pastor of the church in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, his responsibility, once he experienced, and he did, in fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, Paul made a point to say, you know, the resurrected Christ, he showed himself to 500 and to the apostles and also to James, his brother. So the resurrected Christ had a special encounter with James and his life was changed, transformed and his responsibilities in life changed. Listen, we all had a great Easter last week, but if you believe it, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, there's a newfound responsibility for you. Are you with me? Say amen. Let me ask you this. Revel- let me just make this statement again. Revelation always requires responsibility. If you've, if you discovered the cure for cancer, How many of you know that would birth within you an automatic, without question, humanitarian responsibility to share that with the whole world? Did you get that? Revelation always precedes responsibility. In fact, the Bible teaches uh, that, that once you've heard the word of God, then you're responsible with what you've heard. You're without excuse. Everybody say, we're without excuse. And so, hey, if we embrace the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it ought to transform the responsibilities of our life. And listen, mama's, daddies, brother's, sister's, kids, and teenagers, and whoever else might be in this room today. If you believe he rose from the dead, it ought to establish a, 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 and, and imprint within you the DNA of the responsibility that that carries. Are you with me? Say Amen. So that's kind of the introduction of what I want to share. I want to give you four what I'll call post-resurrection responsibilities that the resurrected Lord gave to the church during these 40 days after his resurrection. And I see it in Luke chapter 24. And so you turn there with me. Luke 24 is where we were last Sunday when we, when we uh, shared about Easter Sunday. Oh, and didn't we have fun on Easter? Man, I love Easter Sunday. In fact, uh, man, I appreciate you being here, bringing your friends and family. And let's continue to pray that uh, that the Word of the Lord will continue to be made manifest. And all those that were here had a number of people born again. That's exciting. Uh, and people make commitments to Christ. Let's just pray that seed goes deep into their heart. And it transforms their lives. But hey, here we are after the resurrection. Now we have responsibilities. And there are four that I see that the resurrected Christ really endeavored to establish in the hearts of these apostles and in the early church. And here's the first one. It's the responsibility of believing. The responsibility of believing. He knew that they had to embrace. That's why he stuck around. How many of you know if he hadn't revealed himself for 40 days and validated for them his resurrection, there would always be a question mark. And you know what he was doing with them in that first century moment and in that, and that, and that those weeks after the resurrection? He was building within them uh, the, the reality that faith is the cornerstone of, of, of their future. Faith is the cornerstone of Christianity. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says this. He said he presented himself with many infallible proofs. In fact, Luke twenty four eleven. If you remember, the ladies got to the tomb first, right? You remember the ladies? How many of the ladies? Guys, you know the ladies are all one up in us all the time. Those ladies are one up in us. How many of you know uh, Peter should have been there for the ladies? No, I didn't get one guy say amen there. Okay, I thought the ladies would go whoop, whoop or something and do some kind of retreat dance that they probably learned while they were. I don't know. But you know what, you know what, the, you know what the angels had to say to the ladies? He, he said, of course, he said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen, just as he said. And then he said, don't you remember what he's been telling you? In other words, the, even the ladies didn't get it. God just saved him, the ladies didn't get it. But none of the guys got it either. In fact, they were all in fear and trembling. After the resurrection of Jesus, pardon me, after the, uh, the, the death of Jesus, they thought, oh, we're next. And Jesus, the resurrected Christ, comes back into their life. Now, I want to show you a couple of things. <clears throat> now, in Luke chapter 24, uh, uh, you've probably heard the story, verse 13 through 27. Uh, it, it kind of uh, jumps over to two disciples. One's named Cleopas. And I kind of think maybe the other one was Peter, but I'm not sure. They're on the road to Emmaus. They, I don't know, the, the trauma of Jerusalem was so overwhelming, those guys said, we're getting out of town. And they're walking down the road to Emmaus, and they are discussing the trauma of Jerusalem and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They are, they are just beside themselves, and up walks Jesus, the resurrected Christ, but the Bible says their eyes were closed, they didn't know who he was, and he begins to converse. What are you guys talking about? And they just pour out their heart. And the trouble of the. How many of you know, when you've been traumatized, the only thing you want to talk about is your trauma. And they had been traumatized. And so they began to talk to Jesus. And, they, and they, though they knew Him not as, as the Lord, their eyes were closed. And look in verse 24. And certain of those who were with us, they said, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But Him they did not see. Then He said to them... Now catch this. This is in red. Oh foolish ones And slow of heart to believe In all that the prophets had spoken That's his first real words into their life These disciples who had been traumatized by the death of Jesus He comes in He said you foolish ones Slow of heart to believe What's he doing? He knows Ooh, They got to get this faith thing down. And then, as you know, uh, (coughs) they're walking along and it gets late and they drew near to the village, verse 28, and Jesus got, I just love Jesus. He's just so cool. They're walking on and he played like, Jesus played like he was going to stop or keep on going. They're going to stop. Jesus played like he's going to keep on going. Now he's been, he has been just talking to them about the word of God and all these things. We'll see that again in a moment. He's been preaching to them. And when, when he plays like he's going to keep on going, they said, no, 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 no. You've got to stay here. Now, he had been speaking to them the word of God. And they, he said, oh, oh, okay, I'll stay. And then as they began to eat, he broke the bread and blessed it. And their eyes were opened. Everybody go, and he vanished out of their sight and they got fired up and they said who wants to go to Emmaus we got to go back and talk to our buddies in Jerusalem and the and in Luke 24 they go back follow with me I'm talking about the responsibility of believing and what Jesus was trying to get across to to these to these apostles okay the resurrected Christ disappeared from the Two on the road to Emmaus. They go back and in verse 34, they, they just bust in the door. Can you see this? These guys just busted it. They left out of trauma and, and trouble in their life. Our, our Lord has been, ha, has been crucified. Probably Somebody probably stole his body. And they burst back in the doors after a while. The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road. And how he had been known to them in the breaking of bread. And now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. I'm talking about the resurrected Christ. He stood in the midst of them. He didn't even knock on the door. He just went, da-da. Now if you go to John 21, you don't need to go there. You remember how he talked to Doubting Thomas. This is the same story, but it's Luke's, Luke's perspective. And so Luke is a little nicer on Thomas than John was. And it says this, peace to you. And they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a ghost or a spirit. And he said to them, now here's his first words. Why are you troubled? Question mark And why do doubts arise in your heart? What's he trying to imprint upon the DNA of these, these apostles? Man, you gotta have faith in this thing. You got, you cannot be a doubter and be a Christian. And the responsibility we carry is the same. We've gotta be believers, not just in our head, but in our heart. And walk, Paul said, walk by faith and not by sight. Then he says, behold my hands and my feet, Uh, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and blood as you have, as you see I have. What's he doing? He's imprinting upon them, hopefully in the DNA of their hearts, that we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, I love what Paul said, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he knew this, that this new gospel, you see this this New Testament, this new message uh, uh, was all wrapped up in the cornerstone of the message that God had is that the just, Romans 5, 1 says, the just shall live by what? Faith. Somebody say, by faith. That's the corner. Listen, if your Christianity is going to get off of that seat and become active, it's going to do so by faith. By walking by faith, Paul said in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. The resurrected Christ spent 40 days. And I don't know how long he spent, but man, he worked these guys over when it came to their faith because they did not get it until the resurrection did you get that they didn't get it till the resurrection but once the resurrection happened listen the new responsibility Ooh, we're going to have to walk by faith not by sight now when jesus was there you know what they were walking by sight he's there with them but once he's gone he said i'm about to leave you and you got to get this faith thing down because I'm not, he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit, but I'm not going to be with you always. You got to walk by faith and not by what you see. You've been walking by what you see. Ooh, fish and bread. Ooh, hallelujah. Miracles. Ooh, hallelujah. But listen, it's a faith walk. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a faith walk. And listen, we have that same responsibility. But even today, most of us are looking for some kind of sign to believe. Listen, if you believe, you'll begin to see signs. Could I get a better amen, somebody? Because faith always produces the miraculous. Faith energizes heaven in your behalf. And the manifestation of God comes into your life and is manifest through your life by by the faith that God gives you. We have a responsibility to walk by faith and not by sight. It's a resurrection responsibility that we all carry, that Jesus endeavored to imprint and empower the the first century church with. And He did a pretty good job. The next one is this. It's the responsibility of understanding. The resurrection responsibility of understanding. Now go back to Luke 24 with me. Now, He was trying. Jesus, the whole time of his ministry, he was trying to get the disciples to understand. They, they did not understand. When he would talk about the kingdom, they were thinking of an earthly kingdom. Are you with me? They just didn't get it. Everybody said they just didn't get it. And so in Luke 24... Look, and and we'll go back to the, those uh, 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 two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I stopped short of sharing something with you. I want you to see this because this was Jesus' MO throughout his ministry. What did he say in verse 25? Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Look at verse 27. Everybody say, OMG. Look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, that is Jesus, the resurrected Christ, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning who? Now, what were the scriptures? It wasn't Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They weren't written yet. It's the Old Testament. He expounded on them from Moses, <coughs> pardon me, all the way through. And he began to reveal to them himself. Well, I thought Jesus wasn't born until the New Testament. How many of you know it's all about him? And when you read the Old Testament, in fact, in when Jesus' day, when all the religious leaders of the day, they didn't get it either. They thought it was about rules and regulations and big eye little you and following all the rules. And we can't follow all the rules. And so we'll, we'll break the rules and, and we'll, we'll hurt other people who don't follow the rules. It's all about a bunch of rules and regulations. No, it was a type and shadow of the coming Christ. Now you got to get this. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, comes back and he walks into these disciples' life, and he says, "You got to understand that this has been my plan from from way to the beginning, up until this point, and you're right in the middle. You're smack dab in the middle of the unfolding of my purpose and plan for your life. You got to get this. And now, go back over. You remember the guys who rode to Emmaus? They come back. Jesus is alive. We saw him. He broke the bread, and he disappeared from our sight. Then Jesus walks into their life." And he, he kind of chastises their lack of faith. And he says, give me some bread. I'll show you I'm real. He's validating himself as the resurrected Christ. Now look in verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be filled, which, fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms concerning me. And catch verse 45. And he opened their understanding. That they might comprehend the Scripture and realize God's plan is unfolding in the earth. Everybody say, it's all about Him. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It really isn't. And Jesus, the resurrected Christ, walks back into their life and begins to reveal to them what he had been talking to them while he was there with them. In fact, gosh, uh, Jesus in the Bible. Uh, this is amazing to me. Jesus was always quoting the Old Testament. He was trying to get them to understand. In fact, he would he would teach in a way hopefully they would get it. But you know what? And they just never got it. In three years of ministry, uh, the, the disciples following Jesus, they never got it. Now, there I think there's over sixty direct. Old Testament references In the four gospels That Jesus made But after the resurrection And I don't have time To show you this But you go to Acts chapter 1 and 2 Which is by the way After the resurrection And they're, and they're waiting On the promise of the Father And the Holy Spirit falls And you know what Peter jumps up And starts doing I said Do you know what Peter jumps up And starts doing He starts preaching the word of God. And in fact, even before that, Holy Spirit is poured out, you know what he does? They're sitting there waiting. He says, you know, the, the word of God tells it. And, and they replace Judas. Who, and he quotes Scripture these scriptures that jesus had been bringing to light and then uh uh, you know bringing to light for for three and a half years they become flooding back to peter and now he gets filled with the holy ghost and you know what i could just see it when the light comes on how many of you know when the light comes on everything's different the light came on peter under the inspiration of the holy ghost he starts preaching and he says oh let me quote a scripture and he quotes Joel about the Holy Spirit poured out and he says this I think he was laughing when he said of course they're all filled with the Holy Ghost they're speaking in tongues fire on their head and everybody's going what's going on and he says this is that I'm connecting the dots I'm gaining understanding it's all in God's plan and whoo glory to God I'm right in the middle of it I didn't know that'd come out so good but that's pretty good Listen, Jesus knew if they don't get this, the world was in serious trouble. It's not about religion. It's about God's plan from day one to get man back into right relationship with God. And we all have a part. Peter gets it, and he can't stop quoting Scripture. He's got the whole, let me tell you something, it's hard to lose when you've got the Holy Ghost and the divine Word of God coming out of your mouth. Whew. Somebody, I better get a drink of water here. Somebody wave at me and say, help him, Jesus." We know Paul got it. 1 Corinthians 15, though he wasn't there with them. He was a persecutor of the church. In fact, James was one of the ones he persecuted. And then when Paul gets saved... James ministers to him and is a big part of him becoming a real influence in the earth but in 1 Corinthians 15 Paul verse 3 and 4 very clearly everybody say clearly now I guess this is what you need to understand everybody say we've got to get it clearly now without me reading it I'll just quote it he says let me tell you what you, you believed in it's the gospel and here it is That Jesus died. He lived a sinless life and he died on the cross. Now follow me. How many of you know, thank God for the cross. And he was buried. You can't skip the burial. And then he rose again. The third day. Now catch this phrase. According to the scriptures. He got it. It's all about Him. It's all about God's redemptive plan. And someone said it this way once, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It's true. And understand this, the totality of Scripture is a message of, uh, of humanity's need for a Savior. It's all about him and his plan unfolding and his love for humanity. And, and and hey, read Hebrews. You'll discover it. You'll realize, oh, you read Hebrews. Oh, that was all types and shadows. Uh, there were these priests who had to all the time offer up sacrifices. Don't have to do that anymore because the the, the high priest of all high priests showed up and one time he entered in and his blood was good one time for all the sins of all humanity. Oh, you priests can go on vacation. We don't need you anymore. No more blood of bulls and goats. His blood did it all. Remember the Passover? It's all about Him. You got it. Understand. Everybody, come on. And the resurrected Christ walked back into the disciples' life for 40 days. He starts unloading all this stuff that they had peanut butter or something in their ears. And they didn't get it until He rose from the dead. And all of a sudden they realized, oh, yes, right. 40 days. Man, this stuff, it's all about Him. He said, let me show you. Those disciples on the road to Emmaus, He just told, I'm going to tell you all the things in the Old Testament that are just pictures of me. Everybody say, I'm getting it. So, hey, resurrection responsibility is the responsibility of believing. It's the responsibility of understanding that it's all about Him. And the gospel is so still very real today. And I love what Paul said, and we'll go to the third one. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He said this. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Then he gave a reason. And it was born out of understanding. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the gospel of Jesus Christ? He died for me. He was buried in a tomb for three days. And he rose again the third day so I might have life. That's the gospel. And if I believe that in my heart, I'll be saved. That's what the gospel is. What's the gospel? Three parts. What's the gospel? He died for me. He was Three days later, he rose again. And the Bible says, if I believe that in my heart, I'll be his child. In other words, that's the plan of God that unfolded. That's why, hey, did you know, everything revolves on whether or not he rose from the dead. In fact, Paul Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ be not risen, our, our faith is futile and we're still in our sins. Yeah. Up from the grave he arose. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Why? I got revelation. I got, hey, I got understanding. For it is the power of God unto salvation to the to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of it. Let me just throw this out. Let me just be, let me just guess. In this sanctuary this morning, some of us are still ashamed of the gospel. I'm a silent witness. I don't want to talk about the gospel. I don't want to preach the gospel. I don't want to proclaim the gospel. I'm going, that's the preacher's job. I just come and throw a few bucks in the pot and I feel good about myself. Listen, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and, and we call ourselves Christians based upon what he did for us and we say we believe the gospel, we have a responsibility to understand it to the point Of realizing, whoo, I've got to share the gospel. Are you with me? Say amen. Responsibilities of the resurrection. once we get this resurrection truth, it produces responsibility in us. The first one was the responsibility of believing. Jesus uh, bro- walked into the middle of these ragtag disciples and affirmed that faith is how it's going. That faith in me, uh, uh, even after I leave you, is going to be what carries you to the end of this line. And then he then he affirms within them, you got to get this story down. You got to get the picture. You got to understand why I died why i was buried and why i rose again this is what god's plan is from there until now you got to get it down you got to get it in your gut you got to get it in your spirit and then number uh, number three is the responsibility of empowering now catch this go back to luke 24 if you're there after he said uh hey he opened to them the scriptures and understand the scriptures He said this in verse 49 behold i send you the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high the resurrected christ walked into their life he gave them the word of god how many of you know you got to have the word it's the spirit and the word everybody say the spirit and the word you got to have faith in Him, and you got to have the Word. You got to have the plan, and you got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, "Go back to Jerusalem, and you wait for the promise of the Father." Now, Luke wrote that, and we know Luke also wrote Luke chapter. Uh, pardon me, Acts chapter one, verse four through eight, and we all know what it says. He said, "After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power." Somebody say power. It's the response. Listen, understand. Catch this right now. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are sadly lacking in our capacity to fulfill the responsibility that He has for us as born-again believers. He said, yes, you got to have faith in me. Yes, you've got to have the Word in you. But you've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost in your and on your life. In other words, don't jump out there somewhere expecting to be a minister of the gospel and bring this gospel to the world until you have the power of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter two, one, two, 2, and 3. Whoo, and they took that seriously, by the way. Luke 24, he said, let me tell you about the promise. If we had time, we'd go to John 14 where Jesus said, I promise you, I, I'm not, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you without comfort. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the helper. He's going to come. He will not leave you or forsake you. And, and he said, I promise you that. How many of you know God never breaks a promise? And then, then Luke comes in Acts chapter 1 and says, oh, that promise is going to bring you power. Somebody say power. And then we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, these guys were serious. They realized it. They embraced it. They said, the, I, we catch it. We understand it. We're going to we're gonna uh, 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 follow through. And they go, and then in Acts chapter 1, 13 and 14, it says they were praying and seeking God. They didn't know what the promise looked like. They didn't know what the promise tastes like. They didn't know what it felt like. But I'm telling you, they start praying, and they start getting things right in their heart. They just, hey, you got to understand, they just spent 40 days with the resurrected Christ hey they're praying and in Acts chapter 2 after the promise of power and their prayer came Pentecost and they were filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak the word of God with boldness began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance Peter, under the joy of the Holy Spirit. By the way, Peter had just almost lost his ministry. If we had time to go to John 21, Jesus resurrected Christ, walks back in his life. He said, come on, you can do it. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter, the one who had denied him, stands up under the power of the Holy Spirit. The light came on. The Scriptures came alive. And he preached under the unction of the Holy Spirit with no fear. Everybody say no fear. Full of faith. And thousands of people began to flood into the church, into the kingdom of God. And the church was born. It was because they were empowered from on high by the Holy Spirit. They were understanding of the Word of God. And they had faith in their heart. The responsibilities of every believer who says they embrace the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And finally today, it's the responsibility of finishing. The resurrected Christ walked into their life. He empowered them. Uh, He spent 40 days with them. He built their faith. He released and revealed the Word of God to them. That Hey, this plan, that's what God's had. Hey, the death of Jesus was the plan of God. In fact, do you remember Jesus when he was before he died, he was say, Hey, I'm gonna die. And they go, go, What? I gotta suffer these things. They go, What? No, we got in fact, we're fighting over who's gonna be next in charge in this earthly kingdom. They never got it. But now the resurrected Christ walks into their life and he undergirds their faith and he reveals to them uh, the understanding of the scriptures. He empowers them with the Holy Spirit, and then he commissions them to finish the task. In fact, Luke 24, he says it this way, Luke's uh, 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 understanding of the Great Commission in Luke 24, he says this, the promise of the Father, verse 49, will come upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And we know Acts chapter 1, he says this, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, verse 47, I missed that. He said, let me tell you, the purpose is this, that repentance and remission of sins should re- be re- preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And they said, and you're the ones who get it started. You're a part of the plan of God. You've got to finish. And we know Matthew, Matthew's account of that. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is what? It's called the... It's called the you can talk out loud in church. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is called the, the Great Commission. Let's say it out loud like we really knew it. The, the Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is called the Great. It's the Great Commission. When the resurrected Christ, just before He ascended on high, He said, go into all the world. How many of you know you're a part of this world? And your world's a part of all this world. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Remember Acts chapter one? He commanded them some things. Teach these things. Now, it's not just you. You gotta, you gotta propagate this. We got a task to finish. We got a world to reach. We've just reached a little bitty part of the world and it began in Jerusalem. Man, if you've never been to Jerusalem, you gotta go to Jerusalem. That's, hey, that's the, 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 the genesis of the church right there in Jerusalem uh, where the Holy Spirit fell and the power of the Spirit of God came upon them and they began to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations Jesus said baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo I'm with you always even to the end of the age I'll be with you but you've got to finish this thing that I've empowered you to do one of the greatest if I can confess a fear in a healthy way my fear is standing before God and giving an account of my life and he he goes well you did this and that was good but this is what I had in mind listen it's about finishing well Let me ask a question, we're going to close. How many of you have made some bad mistakes in your life? Raise your hand. And how many of you have looked at those mistakes and go, whew? I don't know if I can ever get out of that. I, I don't know if I ever shaked it off. Listen. The resurrected Christ walked into Peter's life who had denied the Lord cursed him and gave him a second chance said Peter we can finish well it's not about what you did in the past it's not about what you didn't do in the past it's about this moment that right here if you choose to follow me you remember what I told you there by the lake when you were just out in the boat all frustrated when you couldn't catch one fish? A fisherman can't catch one fish and he wasn't using a line and pole, he had a big net. You didn't get one. But I walked into your life, you let down your nets for a catch. When I walked into your life, things began to change. Remember, Peter, what you said and what I asked you to do. If you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. It doesn't matter how you blew it the other day. What are you going to do with today? How are you going to finish this race that I've called you into? The resurrected Christ walked into the disciples' life and in 40 days, and just before He was ascended to the Father and Acts chapter 1 says when he ascended to the Father they're all just gone." shazam Whew. he built our faith he opened to us the scriptures of understanding about his gospel message and his plan for us He filled us with the Spirit. And they're standing there in awe. And here come those angels again. Why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who you saw rise here will come again one day. Bible says that as they stood there gazing and the angels spoke this to them says then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet they got busy getting ready for the church to be born We have those same responsibilities. Resurrection responsibility, it's responsibility of believing, having faith, walking by faith. The responsibility of understanding the gospel and propagating the good news and not being ashamed. <coughs> and realize we're still right in the middle of all that plan. Did you know that? And then the responsibility of finishing well and doing our part to see His kingdom come, His will be done on planet Earth. Amen? You can just go through them. There they are. Believe Him daily. Understand His message clearly. Be empowered by His Spirit fully fulfill his purpose globally those are four key things that the resurrected Christ walked back into the disciples life says you better get these things down you better get this under your belt how many of you know faith is not optional how many of you know the word of God is not optional the power of the Holy Spirit is not optional and understand something His great commission purpose is not a suggestion. It was the command form. Go. We have great responsibility. What are we going to do with it today? Let's stand up together. I ran a little long, but that's okay. Father, today we embrace the responsibility that you've given us as the resurrected Christ may we not shirk our duties shirk the task that you've given us but take the responsibility you've given us seriously to be men and women of faith men and women of the word who understand the message That it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And Father, today may we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. If you need the power of the Holy Spirit, do what they did. Start praying and asking Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will gladly oblige. And empower you, not just to get the monkey off your back, but empower you to fulfill God's kingdom purpose in the earth for your life. Amen. Now with every head up and every eye open, if you are not a Christian, I would encourage you today to hear what I have to say about the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. You just got to believe it and embrace it. He died for me. He was buried in a borrowed tomb why did he die for me to pay for my sins with his blood and he was buried then he rose again so I could have new life I believe that in my heart and I ask him to be the Lord and the leader of my life the Bible says you'll be saved you'll be his child you'll begin a journey of serving him If you've never given your life to Christ, listen, today should be the day. Why would you doubt? Listen, if you've never given your life to Christ, we're going to pray a prayer together. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never really stood up and stepped towards him this is your moment we're all going to pray it together let's bow our heads if you're here today and you've never really committed your life to christ you might be religious but have no real relationship this is your moment this is why you came today this is where the light comes on in your life when you can turn to him and believe him and trust him be the Lord and the leader of your life father today if there's anyone here I pray that as we pray together they would out of the sincerity of their heart come to you I want everyone to pray this out loud together say dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for me for paying for my sin with your blood and I thank you Lord that not only did you die You were buried, but you rose again. I embrace that as true in my heart. and Because of the resurrection, I now have new life. Cleanse me of my sin. Be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will endeavor to serve you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.